Am I Resisting Jesus Crucified? A teaching by Father Ron Sierra on October 5, 2023. Good evening. I'm holding the relic that belongs now to the community, the first-class relic of Sister Faustina. This relic has witnessed a few miracles. It's beautiful that I have this opportunity of speaking to you tonight. It's very unexpected because yesterday, Lord has invited me to to do this talk. And it's very appropriate being that it's a feast day that I do because I'm going to point out to you how in so many ways, even though she, Sister Faustina, was such an extraordinary victim soul, there are many ordinary ways that her life resembles our life, that her sufferings resemble our sufferings. And so I'm going to start out by reading the message that was sent to me today. Every day, you know, you you can get this for free. The headquarters at uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts, sends out a divine mercy message every day to anybody who wants to apply for it. You get an email. And this is the message that was sent out to everyone today. I'm going to start just reading this message. This is Faustina speaking. The Lord said to me, I want to give myself to souls and to fill them with my love. But few there are who want to accept all the graces my love has intended for them. My grace is not lost if the soul for whom it was intended does not accept it, another soul takes it. This message for Faustina is a message to all of us because what he is saying is not changed. How many times in the messages he says to us, I want to give myself to you and fill you with my love. But few there are who want to accept all the graces. What are the graces that we reject, that we don't accept? The grace of living in the light. And that is 
what brought about this conversation with the Lord is because on April 20th, she gave a talk. The talk was entitled The Power of the Light. My light is. the, The talk is My Light is Love. And some time ago, maybe a week or two ago, I listened to that talk one night three times in a row at various times. I listened before I fell asleep. Then I woke up and I listened again. Then I went back to sleep. Then I woke up and I listened again. But every time I heard this talk, something new was being revealed to me. And it's not just something new. It's a challenge. Because God is not just giving us information like a a train station, a tent and telling you what time a train is going to leave. God, when he gives us a message, he's giving us challenges. He's telling us what he expects of us. He's telling us what he wants from us. He's telling us what he wants us to become. And he can't ask us anything without giving us the graces. So this is what he's telling Faustina. He says, I'm, if I want something from somebody, I'm giving them the graces, more graces than we need. So you can never reach a point where you're trying to respond to what Christ is calling you to be as a victim soul and say, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Because you can do it until your dying breath because God will never, never be absent from giving you the grace to accomplish what he's asking you to do. That is something you have to comprehend and that is something you believe in. And what is more serious probably than even believing in that is what he says. If a soul for whom it was intended does not accept it, another soul takes it. The graces If you belong to Love Crucified, the graces are intended for each one of us. And for anyone who does not respond, those graces are given away. So not only are you accountable 
for not responding. But now you're accountable for losing graces. So your vocation to the Love Crucified community has to be so serious. And that's why there's even a three-month discernment before you can even go to the next step. Before you can even be invited to listen to a a conference like we have tonight, you have to be in the community three months. Why? Why why do you wait three months and then two years before making a covenant? Because of the seriousness of the graces. Because of the profoundness of the depth of the calling. Sister Faustina put off Jesus. Some of us may have had the inkling to be a victim soul and put it off. Every priest is automatically a victim soul, and yet, even when the Lord has invited me to be a victim soul, I declined it at first. It's very easy to refuse Jesus. And as I said, the best of us do. One night, Faustina went with her sister to the parish dance. If you had any inkling of the Polish traditions and the Polish nationality, to give you an idea of how important dancing is. I was born in 1934. From the time I grew up to the time I left for the seminary, I lived in an area where there were maybe five, 400 to 500,000 Polish people. And the parishes there had weekly dances. Dancing for the Poles was like playing cards for some people. They love to play cards. The Polish love dancing. It's in their blood. And I remember when I was a small kid, my mother teaching me to dance. It was like she had to teach me to walk, and now she has to teach me to dance. It was that important to the nationality as a whole. And that came from centuries of loving to dance. And so Faustina went to a dance. 
and was having a wonderful time with her sister dancing. When Jesus appeared to her on the dance floor, disfigured, scourged, and what did he say to her? How long will you put me off? Faustina, this great saint, had been putting Jesus off. So if there was a time that you've put Jesus off, if you've been putting Jesus off now, it's not the end of the world. Faustina immediately repented. Immediately, she left the dance floor and did what Jesus wanted her to do. And if you don't know the rest of the story, you must read the diary of a sister Faustina. In what ways did she live as a victim similar to our life? In the talk that I listened to three times, my light is love. At the end of the talk, Jesus says that our struggle that he wants from us is to love our enemies, to love those most difficult to love. Well, who were the enemies of Sister Faustina? As you know, she lived in a convent, Krakow, Poland. She lived in other convents. So who were her enemies? Her enemies were some of the sisters in the convent. They spoke ill of her privately. She heard them sometimes. They spoke about her being hysterical. They they found every kind of fault with her. Not a large number, but it only takes a few to drag you down. Do you have anyone in your life that drags you down because of their attitude towards you, because of their feelings towards you? because of their unresponsiveness towards you. Join Sister Faustina's sufferings because this was one of her greatest sufferings. And she united it to Jesus and Jesus accepted it. There were times 
in her weakness, in her humanness, that she complained to Jesus about it. And he corrected her. He didn't want her to complain. He wanted her to love more passionately, to love more deeply. The messages that we get about loving those most difficult to love, what has Jesus told us? That they could be the person in your household, children, wife, husband. This is part of life. That those we think that they're going to make us happy all our life, make us miserable. However, when we embrace that mystery of theirs that they throw at us, when we accept it and start responding with love, what do we begin doing? We begin responding with those graces that Jesus says he will give us because he gives us the grace to love those most difficult to love. We don't do it naturally. We do it supernaturally with his graces. They're there. That's why it can be done by all of us. That's why no one ever has an excuse for laying down the cross. We do sometimes out of weakness, but then we need to pick ourselves up, embrace the cross, unite ourselves to it, and go forward. This is what the messages tell us we have to do. The messages tell us that we have to become the light because the light is the love of God. If we are going to be children of God, we have to resemble we have to resemble our Father, God, who is love. Everybody always looks to see if the child resembles the mother or the father. In our case, if we resemble the Blessed Mother, that's beautiful. If we resemble God the Father, that's beautiful. If we resemble Jesus, that's beautiful. But there's only one way to resemble them with love. With a love that shines through our eyes, through our touch, through the way we speak, through the way we think. 
We cannot love somebody and be thinking ill of them. Because God sees through that. And that thinking ill of them is in the darkness of our minds. And anything that's in the darkness of our life has got to be brought into the light. Because only by becoming the light of Christ are we going to be able to dispel the darkness of the world. That's what Jesus has been trying to explain to us over and over and over. Every message that talks about light and darkness is given to us as a challenge. It's not a point of information. It's a challenge. He's saying, are you being the light you're supposed to be? Are you going to be able to expel the darkness that's enveloping the world? It's so interesting. We love to talk about all the bad things we see going on in the church. It's so easy to talk with people about that. They'll agree with you. You'll have no arguments. And you'll feel so good talking about that darkness. But that doesn't bring it into the light. All you've done is stir up a cloud of dirt. It's only when in your own individual life you unite every suffering in your life to the sufferings of Christ with total love in all the areas of your life that you dispel that darkness in the church. It's only when you beg the Holy Spirit every morning as you kiss the feet of Jesus to give you the gift of repentance and self-knowledge and you reflect on what you've said, what you've done, what you haven't said, what you haven't done, how you've treated people, what people have said to you. When you assimilate all of that, and you bring it into the light, into the into accompaniment, or into a conversation with Jesus, you receive something. You receive knowledge of your misery. You start to recognize, wow, there's a lot of sinfulness in me. There's a lot of things I've said or didn't say that I'm going to be held accountable for. And when that realization comes to you, that's when you can cry out, Alleluia. Every time you have a consciousness 
of your misery, of something, even of the sin you committed 50 years ago. That's something to enjoy sin. Because it makes you conscious of your nothingness and your misery. We need to live empty of self. We need to get over the idea that we've ever done anything good, that we've ever saved a soul, that we've ever preached a great harmony, that we've ever done a beautiful work of mercy. We have never been able to do anything. If anything good has ever been done through us, it's because God did it. The scriptures tell us we are worthless servants. And we delight the Lord when we bring that darkness out of ourselves into the light. That's why that talk gave me so much excitement. Because it kept bringing out the point of how to live as a victim soul. It kept reinforcing what God wants from me. I need to know and I need to respond. And I need to keep reminding myself because everyone's tendency, my own especially, is to go where? Towards sin. Towards being lazy. The only way we can, Jesus says, tells us all the time, Few who walk the straight and the narrow. The only way in our community that we ever can stay on the straight and narrow is to spend a good half hour reading Simple Path, reading the messages, and then another half hour reflecting on what we've read. If you memorized all the messages, you wouldn't change anything. But if you lived all the messages, it would change everything. That's the challenge of each message. And in every message, Jesus talks about Usually, not every message, but quite often, talks about believing. What does he want us to believe in particular? Is he saying, believe in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty? No. Pay attention to what he says, believe. He's telling us to believe that by our living as a victim soul that we are saving countless 
powerful for souls. And that's tough to believe. He told this to Faustina. He said, if you do not respond to me, you will be responsible for hundreds of thousands of souls. Earlier, we heard Zilkia talking about the joy that they had saying the chaplet as her mother was passing from this earth to the next life. Who gave us that chaplet? Jesus, because Sister Faustina recorded it. Sister Faustina said it. Sister Faustina encouraged everyone to say it and talked about it in her diary. Sister Faustina is still saving souls by being the victim that she was. And this is what Jesus wants. He wants to use us because that's the reason he gives us the graces. He's God. Couldn't he just do this all on his own? Yes. But God has a plan. And he talks about this plan constantly in the messages. He said, this is my plan for the for creating a new church. This is my plan for making a new world and a better world. And he said, you, my victim souls, are the key to making that plan a success. And he says, some are going to betray him and fail. When I hear that, I always say what the other apostles said at the Last Supper. I always say, is it I, Lord? Because it can be me. What will prevent it from not being me? Jesus tells us. What will prevent it from not being me? By being transparent, hiding nothing from yourself, emptying yourself, being detached from everything. Do we go over those areas in our life? And do we say, what were my attachments today? What am I still stuffed with that I need to empty myself of? When I ask that question, I get the answer. I can't believe that Jesus withholds the answer from any of you. But the answer has to be asked of oneself. And there has to be a time of begging for the answer. 
you beg the Holy Spirit to give me the answer. What is it that I'm attached to that I haven't recognized? What is it that I'm still clinging to that is not of you? What part of me does not make God first in my life? What part of my day, what part of my hobby, what part of my enjoyment does not make God first in my life? Is my love divided? You know, one of my favorite stories about Faustina is when I read about her weaknesses. One day when she was in the sanatorium, there was a priest there who was also in the sanatorium. And of course, nuns are always being kind and thoughtful of priests. And one day, she went outside saw a beautiful flower and picked it and decided to bring it to Father. Before she reached the door, Jesus appeared to her. He said, where are you going? And she said, well, to see Father. And what are you bringing him? And she dropped the rose. She drops the flower. Jesus pointed out to her that that tiny bit of attachment that she had to him had to die. That he wanted her for himself. Do you think that any one of us in Love Crucified has been called to only give 50% of ourselves to Jesus? Do you think you could sell that to Jesus and say, Jesus, thank you for calling me and only asking 50% of me? He would laugh in your face. God wants every ounce from us. Every bit of suffering, every ounce of blood that comes from suffering, he wants from us. What's the reward? He talks about it in the messages. He said, I have so much prepared for you in heaven. He says over and over again, this life is so short. Even in that talk, he says, it is so why you will be with me in heaven. And he's right. It doesn't matter if you live to be 100 years, 
It's so, such a short time. Do you know what a hundred years is compared to eternity? Can you compare a hundred years to a billion years to a, a hundred billion years? No. It's, 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 it's impossible. And that's why we don't want to lose those graces and we don't want to give up our spot in heaven. Because that can happen. It can happen if we don't take this vocation seriously. Finally, before I close, I want to read the message of December 8th again. Remember last year, Lourdes received a message on December 8th. Feast of the Immaculate Conception. The entire world will experience the purge of fire. Mary speaks during the hour of grace between 12 and 1. I was in the chapel, sitting a few seats behind Lourdes, making the same holy hour as she was. And I remember her all of a sudden opening up a book and starting to write. I didn't think anything of it. Sometimes she writes messages. But little did I know how powerful this message was. My beloved daughter, this coming year will be blessed. And that's the word that sticks with me. Will be blessed. That means it's something great and beautiful. How many people say, Father, bless me before you before you go. Bless my rosary. Bless me. Bless my children. A blessing is a beautiful thing. And here is the Blessed Mother saying, this coming year will be blessed with God's justice. As the entire world will experience the purge of fire. This fire will begin the purification of the world. Along with the fire will come great suffering upon all mankind. The purification by fire will begin to turn the hearts of souls toward God. But because of such hardness of hearts, many will continue in their obstinacy. Please continue extending the red carpet of victim souls, for it is through these souls that God in his infinite mercy and goodness 
will save countless souls from the fires of hell. Through you, through all of us together, we're saving souls from the fires of hell and we're responding to the request of the Blessed Mother. That's how serious belonging to love crucified is. Remain in the union of sorrows with me. The retreat the women will have, we teach them how to remain in that union of sorrows. Let nothing interrupt that retreat whether you take it through in person or through whatever means. Please tell God's little mustard seed to persevere in faith, hope, and love during the purification by fire. And God's little mustard seed will experience the glory of God with you. The messages over and over talk about persevering in faith, hope, and love. Every day, I beg the Holy Spirit to increase my faith, hope, and love. Because this is what I'll need when that fire comes. When you wake up tomorrow morning, there will be 86 days left till the end of the year. That means within 86 days, the words of the Blessed Mother have to be fulfilled. Many, 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 many people who I've told this to just wave their hand and say, that's nice, Father. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm not afraid because this is the one thing that the Blessed Mother and our Lord said is that fear is useless and there's no room for fear. What is all that I have to do? I don't have to stack up on food. I don't have to worry what happens in the world. I only need to persevere in faith, hope, and love. This is all Faustina had to do. That's why she she's such a role model for us. In the end, she only needed to persevere in faith, hope, and love to become the great saint that she is. And I'll bless you with the relic. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you and good night. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.